Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly on a Tuesday again. You're getting used to that, boys and girls. Uh, apologies for not tweeting yesterday, but yeah, as schedules go, we're back on a Tuesday this week. So thank you for being patient. Um, now, if I told you, dear listener, that you cannot polish a turd, then you just have to take my word for it. It wasn't the most stellar weekend of League on Action, but we're going to do our best to bring you a show and uh, find some talking points. Of course, I need people with me to do that. So good evening to Phil and to Jess. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm good, thanks. Hello there. It was, um, yeah, pretty uh, mixed weekend for us all, for our clubs, I think it's fair to say. And um, maybe we will start with an unfortunate night for your charges, Phil, because um, it's quite weird to say this, but... We haven't really talked about PSG very much for a few weeks. Um, so I know that might come as a surprise to some of our, our loyal listeners, but I thought we should give them a bit of a tip of the of the hat, especially as they're in European action, which we'll touch on later on this week as well. So, um, Phil, I'll, I'll start with you then. Not the best of nights for Montpellier, but a 3-0 defeat. PSG looks pretty good, I thought, overall. Is it one of those that... Especially, especially from your point of view, you just put in the in the cabinet and say, "Well, that's done. We move on." But what was your thoughts on PSG and how they performed on the night as well? I think it was very much, as you say, but uh, from a Montpellier point of view, because a three 0 loss at the Parc des Princes to PSG is kind of not terrible. And I spent most of the second half um, going, don't get a fourth, don't get a fourth, don't get a fourth. Because while 3-0 is obviously worse than 2-0, 4-0 feels significantly worse than 3-0. And the fact that they kept it to 3-0 was kind of okay. I know that sounds really, really depressed, but... That's kind of how it felt at the time. What I thought was interesting about this was um, Kangin Lee hasn't played a lot of games for PSG, but has popped up with a couple of goals recently. So it looks like there's a bit more of a... um, Sorry, that's my cat. A bit more of a switching up in... Uh, attack as well as we've seen you know, defend, uh, the uh, midfield moving around a bit. Obviously, Bonsai Emery got the, the second goal and Virginia, who came on for Lee, got the third. So it felt very much like this was a game where PSG were just kind of motoring comfortably. Nobody kind of big uh felt the need to get involved very much and it was a game which was comfortable with not much jeopardy uh, for PSG and clearly they were looking forward to tonight's game um, well they'll be in Milan and so that was a not unexpected result. Mm. Bit pissed off that Montpellier didn't manage to get one, 
but better that than as you say conceding four so yeah yeah for sure yeah it is one of those you kind of just you know you circle on the calendar is like get that out of the way and move on what what's your view on where project psg of 2023 which rhymes uh is currently at Jez, from your perspective because i say it does seem weird to do a podcast and say we haven't spoken about them much this season but we haven't really have we you know they 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 had that sort of pretty good start and then it all went a bit quiet we had the summer of mbappe etc and so on and now it feels like Luis enrique and and co are starting to bed down they were able to rest a few players in this game um phil mentioned there the performance of lee who seems to be a player who's going to come in and you know, make a bit of an impact in this competition for places all of a sudden, that that front three slash four seems quite fluid as well. And they've got arguably the most informed young midfielder in, in world football right now in, in Zaire Emery. Are you quite impressed with what you've seen from them? This game aside, without being harsh on Montpellier, you expect them to win at home. But as a whole, have you been sort of impressed with the, the most recent weeks where they have returned to the top of the table? No, they're top of the table. Um, no, you're right there. <laughs> they're overtaken on Sunday, weren't they? Yeah, for 24 hours. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's we've been quiet on them, I suppose. I mean, first of all, it says a lot about Lyon. But um, it's kind of, I guess, good and bad from a PSG point of view. I think it means that, uh, you know, there's less of the usual soap opera and, and rubbish that, that comes along with them. Um, and they're sort of getting on with things and I think they are gradually improving um you know that obviously there were big changes in the summer personnel wise and it wasn't gonna um sort of all happen automatically very a big change of style as well um so I think they are getting there you know I think earlier in the season there was a loads of possession but quite a sterile possession and now there's a bit more cutting edge um but I also think maybe the fact that it's quiet, is possibly also means that it's because they're not a stellar PSG who are going to really challenge in the Champions League. But we'll see. I mean, they're doing well in a tough... Well, I say they're doing well in a tough group. Obviously, they were schmeissed by Newcastle, so it hasn't all been well, and they're not great. They don't seem great away from home at the moment, but it does seem that things are gradually improving. I think the things that I'm worried about, that I've always been worried about and still worried about, I still think Donnarumma isn't good enough. I still think Skriniar will get find, found out against much better defences. I'm not sure Marquinhos is, is anywhere near his best. Um, and it was interesting listening to, to Julien Laurence on the uh, Totally podcast talking about Dembele. Um, mm. you know, I, I've made it very clear what I think of him. I thought he was fantastic, actually, against Montpellier yeah. in those matches. I mean, to be fair, Mbappe as well, you know, he comes away statistically with nothing, but... That his dummy for the first goal was was brilliant, and you know you should get some kind of assist credit for that. Dembele as well, I think. Although maybe he'll only come away with one assist, I think he had a part in all three goals, for example. So I thought he was very good, but as Julian Laurence pointed out, he also lost the ball twenty eight times, which is huge. <laughs> and it's I think that's the kind of thing that it depends what side you fall on with Dembele. You could say, yeah, but he's you know he's always going for it and he's uh, gambling and going for broke and trying to commit the opposition or you can say he keeps losing the ball yeah <laughs> um, so that's one of those things and 
the reason I said that also is in the context there was an interview with him today in Lekkeep and it's been a growing thing the last few weeks you know his uh, he's barely got any I don't think he scored for them yet and he's barely got any assists or certainly very few of both yeah I think um, he might have one goal I think but he's, yeah. make, he's making the point rightly to an extent it's not all about those two statistics mm. I'm just not sure he brings too much else the rest of the time either but if he has more performances like he did on at the weekends then you know he's definitely he's definitely a plus for the team um, yeah. and if Mbappe can maintain his form and fitness if Colin Mouani gets back to his Frankfurt form rather than his French France national team form there are some quality players there I'm just not sure that they're ready yet to, to win the Champions League but I still expect them to win Liga quite comfortably in the end yeah, yeah, you're right, by the way. No goals, three assists uh, this season for Dembele. I, I feel like with him, <clears throat> it's it's not so much um, the performances against Montpellier or, you know, the the, the strugglers at home. It's, it's games like tonight where they go to Milan, isn't it? The, these are the games that he's been bought for. Um, and dare I say, he was also bought to keep a certain number seven up front quite happy. So, yeah, more to come. Um, but as we said earlier on, they've got Zaire Emery in that midfield. Vitinha seems to have kicked on again. And they say Kang's coming through um, pretty well since he's come back from the Asia Cup. And um, I've also been quite impressed with the the options in defence, particularly at fullback. They seem to be getting some options going there. But I do agree with you on Skriniar. He, uh, as an Inter Milan fan, um, I can tell you, yes, he's very good when he's facing the ball, but going back towards his own goal, I mean, I've seen trucks turn faster, so yeah, not the best. Um, let's move on to the competitors and indeed currently back at the top side. And uh, they are Nice, Phil. They, they beat Wren on Sunday by two goals to nil. Uh, Watch this game and it fe- it was one of those weird games where it started really quickly and it was all back, you know, back and forth. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a really good game. And then it just kind of petered out and nothing was happening. Then Jeremy Boga scored right on the stroke of half time, And you thought, right, we're in for a second half. And then that didn't happen either, apart from two red cards, one apiece and, and Damashami for Nice and uh, Amari for um, for Wren. And then a last minute, technically it's a Mandanda and goal, but a free kick off the bar from Diop, which hit Mandanda and went in, secured the points for Nice. We've been critical that, They've been just getting through games 1-0. Well, they sort of just got through this one 2-0 in a weird way, didn't they? Because they were all right, but I just wasn't really convinced. And I felt like it was sort of two bold men fighting over a comb, you know? No, it it felt quite underwhelming, but Mm. in the sense that both teams weren't very whelmed about this, which seemed a bit... I mean... Mandanda, as you said, I in in a just world, you're not giving that as an own goal. Um, mm. I think he was very unlucky in that he'd been uh, good elsewhere in the game. Mm. Yeah, it felt a bit it felt a bit unfortunate. But as you say, Berger scoring. It was like two minutes into injury time in the first half. That was exactly what Nice needed and exactly what Ren didn't need. So this was kind of, as you say, it 
slightly odd game, but um, it again, there didn't feel like there was much jeopardy uh, mm. for Nice that they were just going to do their thing. And I think when well, we talk about them, you know, winning 1-0 again and again, whatever, that's also, uh, you know, we're... Um, a skill mm. to just be able to do that you go ahead you shut down and you win yeah. so it might not be the most exciting football to watch they are the rest of the top five have all scored more goals than they have um, but again it's working so this is, I think, something that you look at and you say it's a it's a style, it's deliberate mm. that they are doing this. And they're they... top of the table, so you know <laughs> doing it's something working. Right. Yeah. yeah. Haven't they I'm right in saying I read somewhere that they're one of, if not the most tight defence in Europe at the moment. I'm sure I read that somewhere or close to well, it. Well they're they're the only uh, team in Ligue 1 that hasn't lost yet. Yeah, uh, they've only conceded four goals. It's the best and, defense in the top five leagues. That's even the we're start. counting France's on the top five leagues. That's the and they haven't been behind all season. Wow, yeah, it's quite a stat, isn't it? I've got to ask. I don't know if either of you know the answer to this, or whether it's slapping me in the face. But having watched this game. Massive, massive waves of empty seats. Is there a reason for that? I mean, is it just purely because there are more enjoyable things to do on the Cote d'Azur than than go to Nice Ren? Or or is there a is there an issue there? Like is this still a hangover from last year's disappointment? Or what do you did you either of you notice that? I just just found it I, a bit I didn't, but the weather has been fucking horrendous over here. Mm. I'm sure those of you dealing with Storm Kieran are probably laughing, but I mean, this was a big reason why, for example, Lorient loss was nil nil. Mm. It was because it was basically water polo with the youngsters playing in water wings. It was awful, is what it was. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even a fun water polo match, but you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I do wonder. Any, any, any ideas? To add to that, Jez, is there anything that I'm missing? Is, is it is it blindly obvious? I mean, we know why Monaco don't get the supporters for that part of the world, but you'd think Nice would attract more, wouldn't you, especially being top of the table? Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're top of the table, you'd have thought would be attracting more fans, but I think, I guess it's partly, as Phil said, the weather, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think the Nice sort of ownership have made too many friends locally the last two uh-huh. years. True. And although they're top, it's not the most exhilarating football. So yeah, that's true. Maybe it is that there's some better things to do on a Sunday night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of Ren, uh, you know, the Ren, of the, the, Ren of the last couple I mean, of years have been a bit of a draw. No, I mean, like, as an attractive team for the home fans to see. Mm. They have been good fun the last couple of years, but they're really not this year. Like, even the forward line is struggling. Usually, mm. they, you know, you take the fact that their defence is dodgy because they're going to outscore, you know, they're going to score more than they concede, but they're not particularly doing that this year. 
I felt for Terrier as well because obviously he's still working his way back to fitness. He's a, you know he's a way off that, but he got subs. I think they got sixty minutes out of him, and he just looked so lost. <laughs> I really felt for him because of what a player he was last year. I hope yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone's sort of um, putting too much blame on him. But oh no, not at all. No, others, no. I think I saw that Callum Wendo is on the bench. I'm not sure why, but I think Guiri, Bouijor. And I can't remember who the other forward player was. I think they've only got three goals each. Yeah. Salah's got three goals, although two of them are against Mess. I'm not sure they count. <laughs> and he, But he was dropped to the reserves because he didn't turn up for some kind of training or sort of extra match for those who didn't play against Strasbourg. So things are not all well there, to be honest. No, no. Rennes strike me as a team that almost seem to be prioritising Europe at the moment. So we'll touch on that later on. Um, that was the top of the table. Uh, we will fill you in on the other results as well, but I wanted to focus... I think just um, also, I mean, on what you both said about Nice and what I said about Ren. I think Nice are just doing what they need to do and, and they're, yeah. I guess, maybe feeling their way into being more of a sort of forward-looking team but they really don't need to be and there might be some matches where they're sort of you know clinging on defending a one goal lead but they really weren't doing that against against Ren I don't think I think they were pretty comfortable yeah they're always in control you're right and I suppose you know in theory if you beat every team 1-0 and only lose PSG home and away it doesn't really matter does it so yeah I do get that I just sort of feel like they're gonna I don't know just feel like at some point they're going to hit a sticky spell and I'm not convinced they've got the goals to fire their way out of that. Um, but we will see. Um, speaking of goals, though, say that's something that the teams down at the bottom certainly need. Um, let me stick with you, first of all, Jez, for Leon Metz. Um, I'm willing to bet that you were quite excited when Metz took the lead quite late on in this particular fixture. Um, only for for Leon to equalise late um, with one of their summer signings. He actually arrived from Ligue 2, didn't he? I think it was um, Sosho. You're right. Yeah, um, who um, he came from um, in the summer. Um, anyway, I digress. Alvero wasn't it the the lad's name? But yeah. Metz did take the lead. He lost to Kija early on, um, and I believe is it Deitch? The um, I think he's come through the youth system at Metz. He was he was brought on. Um, and then you go and take the lead through Jallo. Good goal, I thought, actually, as well. Good good take that. Um, and then Leon come back and equalise. Now, I'm going to ask you the obvious question, but if I'd have offered you a 1-1 draw before the game, would you have taken it? And in hindsight, does it now feel a little bit like a missed opportunity? That's basically exactly what the coach said in the post-match press conference. We would have taken <laughs> it before, but we are really frustrated. I think yeah. Mess were overall the better team. Um, I mean, Leon should have taken the lead after 35 seconds. Um, Deitch made an absolutely fantastic point-blank save from Lacazette when it was still nil-nil. Yeah. But I think Mass had the better chances. Lopez pulled out a couple of brilliant saves, I think both from Shallow as well. Yep. Um, who, by the way, I think last year or two years ago, rather, scored a, a worldie at Leon as well. So um, as well as probably being... Messi's only real attacking spark in general. He seems to like playing against Leon, but yeah, taking the lead sort of 15 minutes before the end, kind of it's a bit frustrating we didn't hold on, but I think it was one of those ones where probably the main thing wasn't to lose. So, hmm. um, 
yeah, not point gained, but frustrated. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. The way to look at it, and and off the pitch for Leon, um, some sort of dare I say breaking of bread between coach and supporters. There was a meeting, I think, between some of the ultras and Fabio Grosso this week, and the ultras are basically supporting him. I don't think. I mean, although he started terribly, and I don't think the omens are good. I don't because he's been there such a lit, such little time. I don't. I think the fans are going to give him a little bit of of time, a bit of patience. I don't think he's the sort of main focus of their ire. I think no. it's people higher up than him who notably, apparently n- none of them, like no directors, no bosses were even there. Were there, yeah. That's, that's what I heard. Also says a lot. Um, and, I f- and I feel like, dare I say it, but I feel like some of their big players have got to start stepping up sooner than later, haven't they? I mean, Lacazette um, hasn't found his rhythm yet, albeit with suspensions this season, Tolisso clearly cares but hasn't found form um yeah Tolisso is suspended and I think is just quite injury prone yeah Lacazette still needs the service yeah Um, and that would normally come from Shirky who looks like he'd rather be anywhere but Leon at the moment which is not ideal I still don't really I mean he got the assist on on the weekend yeah Um, I still Again, we, we've talked about it a lot. I definitely get the frustrations with Shirky, but I would still have him as first name on my team sheet because mm. I think the fans like him and he's the only person who's going to come up with something. And again, like, okay, there's huge, there's, you know, you can write lists of differences between France under 21s and Lyon at the moment, but someone who's capable of being implicated in eight goals out of nine or seven goals out of eight, whatever it was against Cyprus. You mm. can't you can't drop someone like that. No, there's an X factor there. Phil, you wanted to come in on that as well? No, I was just um about the the setup. Um firstly after the game, uh the capo of the ultras called the team over again and you're thinking, oh shit, not again. But he actually gave a speech to Grosso, which was like, you're not being supported, but we support you, which mm. I thought was interesting. But looking at the um, Twitter accounts of some prominent Leon supporters, um, when there was no change at half time, there were a lot of people saying that's a crime against football. Some then said, well, the starting 11 was a crime against football. But we did see, I mean, the first uh, changes were at the hour mark, and that's when Jerky came on. And it's like, yeah, you can see why they're frustrated, because I think, Jess said starting him would be would be a good idea. So they're still a bit screwed at the bottom of the table. I mean, I felt about this match that Mets really needed, particularly when they went ahead, really needed to take advantage of the fact that Oello in a bad place. And the crowds. I think a lot of us are like, well, no, they will recover at some point. Mm. So you've got to take advantage while they're still playing like children. And 
yes, it was at the end that Metz would take a point against Lyon, but would Metz take a point against the team at the bottom of the table? There's two different narratives there. Mm. We all still think of Lyon as this can't possibly happen. Mm. And we heard Texa banging on about nobody's thinking about this, which Possibly it's a stupid idea. They should yeah. really be thinking about this. Um, so, yes, this was... But I think the Sunday lunch game is always a bit weird. Mm. So, yeah. I was surprised it was nil-nil for so long. That was the bit I, cause yeah. I was out and about and I didn't realise. I genuinely thought, I was like, oh, did I even put this on my favourites list to get the updates? And then obviously you've got the two sort of late-ish goals that... Um, and, there and were as, no updates. No, no, there wasn't. And as for Grosso, Apart I, I from Deitch coming on for Akija. That was the that was the big thing. Yeah. I think Deitch has never played in Ligan before. This was his uh debut, and mm-hmm. he did put in some good good saves. And again, the same Twitter accounts were saying, Yeah, look at this guy, he's about to have the game of his life. Yeah. And it he's was. a he's a he's played for France under twenty ones and he's yeah. got top flight experience from being loaned to to Messe's or sister club in Belgium. Mm. But yeah, that's still a step he up. Yeah. It. Oh. yeah. 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 It's a it's quite quite a game to come in and make some quality saves. Um yeah, as for Gross, I was just gonna say I feel like my worry I say my worry, I'm sure he doesn't really care what I think, but my my worry would be if I was him that he feels like a bit of cannon fodder if results don't turn quickly, i.e., mm. if these results continue and we get to Christmas and then Texter wakes up and goes, shit, we really are in, in IAC syndrome here. Um, that's when you could easily see um I don't know what the equivalent of Roy Hodgson is in France, but that's when you think probably Antonetti or someone like that. But you, you feel yeah. like something will change where Leon will just go for the stopgap. I wouldn't even be surprised to see someone like Remy Gard come back or something if, if it got to that stage, but who knows? But is Remy Gard in... Uh, I think he's... Isn't he in Saudi or so? I can't remember. I'm sure I saw somewhere that he'd gone somewhere. I'll have to check that. But but that type of figure, you just feel like they might turn to somebody... Um, you felt that maybe Grosso would turn it around quicker, but he really I'm, hasn't. I'm not sure that the bloke who wore bad guns footwear mm. and his short period as the Leon boss is what they need right now. Mm. I'd say he looks the part or the equivalent. Remy Gard, by the way, is at uh, Major League Soccer. He is currently the coach of Montreal Impact. So, but I feel like that would be very easy to get rid of that. Say again. Montreal's in Canada. It is indeed. Yes, indeed it is. Yeah. So they play with the US team. I'm sorry, all of my uh, US soccer. uh, Yeah. So the, are going to be screaming at me right now, but yeah. MLS is a combined is is a combined league of, ah. of um, Canadian slash. Uh, I think there's four: is Montreal, uh, Toronto, and I think there's others. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a combined 
combined list. Okay. Um, hey, anyway. yeah, and for Leon, I like what Phil said about the sort of you know mess getting a draw at Leon versus getting a draw away to the bottom sides, and that that is the frustration. Mm. And I agree, we're all sort of waiting for Leon to turn it around. If if not before, then at least with the benefit of the January transfer window. Yeah. But, Aside from the fact that, as you said, they're, they're relying on Egan Newby's sign from Sochor, which mm. isn't already isn't expect what you'd expect from Leo in terms of transfer policy. There's also the fact that um, no team with four points or less at this stage of the season has ever stayed up. And because it's 18 points now, we're already a third of the way through the season. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? It's, yep. it's time is very quickly and very rapidly moving forwards and uh they say if you get to christmas and you have the break in your bottom you really are in the stuck um i think and i think they've got ren loss and lille next yeah i remember saying their run was quite tough i i think weirdly the thing that will save quote unquote leon this season much like certain teams in other major leagues in europe is that there are at least two maybe three teams worse than Leon, um, which brings us to another fixture that's quite big at the weekend. Um, Phil, I'll ask you on this one first of all. To lose are literally losing quite a lot at the moment. Uh, they've lost two on the bounce and they drew the two before that. They're in a bit of a sticky spell. Um, obviously, still in Europe. Uh, Lorient are also only just above the dotted line with Metz and Claremont in there. But quite a big result I, at least i thought so in the weekend was was Lav's performance they're up in seventh by the way which is absolutely bonkers yeah with a um, um i mean to lose went ahead in this game shortly into the second half with to delinga but then Lav came back with a brace for bio including mm-hmm. a, a 95th minute winner this game was also weird because it was part of the multiplex, but it was stopped twice, once for a fire alarm and once for a pitch invasion. Now, I'm not sure how smoke alarms work, but I am was. I think we were all very surprised by the fire alarm going off over the loudspeakers and then... Later on, there was, a, a, I say, a mild pitch invasion, like it was one or two people, but there was flares, there was fog. The last, you know, the last 15 minutes or so was difficult to see. And possibly that's why Bio managed to get his second, because nobody could see him. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a weird, a weird game. For many reasons, in amongst uh, a multiplex that didn't feature much in the way of goals, so we got three here, which was which was good. Um, but yes, they're not in a good run of form. They haven't won in the last four. Love are up and down, but seem to be. In the consistency um, side of things, mostly up. So, yes, this was a slightly odd game between two clubs who really need to win this game 
to just get back into the saddle, back into the rhythm of things, and it was Lav that did it. So that's uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like Lava massively. Later. Yeah, I feel like Lava massively over overachieving right now. I mean, to be seventh, um, you know, in, well, in this stage of the season. This is, is... where we got Brest, who are uh, one above them, who mm. were top of the table early doors and we said this is going this won't last and yeah. it hasn't i mean no. they haven't won in five and they got beaten fairly comfortably two nil by monaco i totally disagree with that they were I, absolutely robbed i thought they were yeah. robbed i must have been. yeah yeah they were under the cost for did a long time red card play a big part in that? a bit i just no, it was quite late forward. although i thought the first Yellow was a disgrace, mm. but they had a blatant penalty not given. They hit the woodwork a couple of times. They were Monaco were very, very lucky. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am happy to be corrected, but breast form still looks. Oh yeah, I think we all agreed that breast would, would probably end up where they are now. But in thing. terms, in terms of Love and Toulouse, I mean, if if Toulouse had had held on and or if the match had actually finished on 90 minutes they could have been seven or apart from goal difference they could have been seventh and and love 14th so i mean it says a lot about how how sort of concertina the middle of the the table is you know ren are not having a great season but they're still 11th had mess held on for that trip that win they'd have been level on points with ren so there's so little between well like I guess between seventh and sixteenth, there's only four points. So, mm. is it, do you do you feel like with Toulouse, is this a classic case of really brilliant season overperforming into Europe and now out that this is kind of what happens? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, no, I think it's a case of selling your whole midfield. Yeah, yeah. Van der Moomen was a is a big <laughs> mess, wasn't he? He was he was the really big. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I do tend to agree. It's it's a little bit you of know, a rough one. Please, Dalinga is, is finding form again. But yeah, just, I mean, I went to Brighton Ajax the other day and sort of from a, a league out point of view, Van Boomen, Van der Boomen coming on late, Mikatotsi not even coming on at all. Oh, yeah, or a team that's struggling anyway. It's, it's all a bit mystifying. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. But uh, definitely... Clubs in the mire there, and um, Phil touched on it a little bit earlier on. But yeah, Lorient um, drew nil nil with with Lens. Lens are definitely motoring in in terms of their league position. They're up to tenth now, um, so they're pretty secure. Um, elsewhere, you said at sort of the top of the show, it wasn't exactly a stellar weekend of action. So forgive us, but uh, as you mentioned, there Monaco did get back to winning ways without winning over Brest. Uh, one we didn't mention was uh, Rouse continued form. Um, if you haven't got one still, just use the other one. Uh, Will still was suspended for this game, so his brother was in charge, and he promptly got the win over in, well, I think it's fair to say, fairly informed Nantes. So, terrific result that for Rouse, who, um, ever since I said, are they a li- in a little bit of problems, they've just pretty much won every game. So, um, I'll take check, please. Uh, Strasbourg and Clermont. Unfortunately, it was also nil-nil red card for, for Strasbourg in that particular game, but a nil-nil draw that you could kind of see coming from 20 minutes onwards in that game. Um, much the same as Marseille-Lille, which, ah. once again, I, I thought was going to be really decent, and it was 
I mean, it was pretty drab, if I'm honest. Yeah, this this was like on Saturday. We mm. had two go- two games, no goals. Two nil nils, yeah. Like I said, you can kind of forgive Laurie and Lance because they were playing in a swimming pool. Mm. But with OM Lille, it seemed very much like OM were really trying not doing very well. Leal decided a half-time fight. We're good with this. Mm. And that only seemed to make Marseille more frustrated, but still couldn't do anything about the situation. It's was... a missed opportunity though, wasn't it? Because Leal I thought Leal were I thought Leal had created the better chances. Jagrova was was looking good. Um Unas was sort of in and out, but he looked a threat. Uh, you know, they left Jonathan David on the bench until late on a, again. Like They, to me, look like they started trying to win this. And when Aubameyang's booed felt, off for Marseille, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? It felt like a team who were like, we're OK with an away point because we've got Europe next week. Yeah. But they haven't. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, it's a weird it, one. It felt like a very strange time to sit back yeah yeah i just thought it was there for them to win i really did and and as for marseille um yeah i'm not, I'm not exactly blown away by the Cotiso effect he's definitely got them running more um but that's about it as far as i'm concerned to what i think I've just for a bit of self publicity that was something that that desai brought up um when i interviewed him which yes. came out last week but i think um yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to the to the the Mess Lyon match in that probably beforehand Lyon would have taken a draw, but actually they probably feel like they should have come away with the win. And Marseille, I think there's problems there. Um, well, not problems, frustrations. But the front, the, the again, there was an article about it in L'Equipe, I think on on Monday. The front four in particular, mm. um, you so, know, all new. Relatively marquee signings are so far not really clicking, and and Aubameyang, who, um, you know, maybe was kind of supposed to be the one that you know took over as the talisman from Alexis Sanchez, mm. sort of aging, but been there, done that, got all the experience. So far, has been extremely disappointing, and he doesn't have the work rate of Alexis either, does he? You know, it's not like you can get behind him and say. Oh well, he's putting in a shift. I thought that. Sorry, didn't mean to cut across you, but I thought the biggest, the biggest thing that I really noticed from this game was the crowd reaction when Vitinha came on for Abamyang, and yeah, Abamyang getting booed, but the the rapturous cheer went up when Vitinha came on. This is a guy who struggled to to get a goal last season, and now all of a sudden there's a clamour for him to play every game. So I think he's one of those players that even if he's not playing well. He gains an element of credit by clearly working very hard and you know, yeah. sort of trying his socks off. Whereas Aubameyang doesn't. He's, he's finished. He's finished, isn't he? I think. I think Arsenal. Obviously, I'd be a bit biased here, but that new contract finished him. <laughs> it's the strangest thing because well, he did nothing he's at Chelsea. Not on the list for the bond for wow. their next set of games. Speaks volumes, doesn't and it? Given that he's been the only Gabonese player most people can name, even if they don't know he plays for Gabon. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, not not good, as I say. I'm not exactly um yeah, not exactly blown away by Marseille. Anywho, um just before we have a little short natter about Europe this week, uh let me give you the table. So uh, Nice are indeed uh, back to the top. PSG did briefly go top on Saturday, but uh Nice returned there with their win on Sunday. So Nice up to 25 points, one point clear of PSG and 24, who are further one point clear of Monaco on 23. Can I just add one thing about the Nice-Ren match? You may. It seems like whenever Ren play Lyon, which is happening next week, it always seems to be ex-Lyon players coming back to haunt them. Yeah, it does Ren. actually. So it was kind of ironic that Nice's two goals were scored by a, an ex-Ren player and an ex-Ren youth player. Yeah, weird how those sort of things happen, isn't it? It's weird how those sort of things work out. Um, but yeah, so that's the top three, which seems to be what's probably going to be the top three for the season. We mentioned Rams, fantastic uh, week for them. They uh, consolidate fourth, one point clear of Lille in fifth with Breslau. Well, one, North- sorry, one more thing on Will Still. I just saw as we were starting, <laughs> I haven't listened to it, but I just saw Robin Berner sort of retweeted something. that Apparently Will Still has been... Apparently in training. Oh, I saw they, this. They've been yeah. giving the players really bad refereeing decisions to prepare them for the PSG match. <laughs> <laughs> he um okay. he, he also got into a viral video, didn't he, of one of those like challenges where you have to put a ball into a certain spot. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It's almost like we have to chip a ball into certain holes and in the crossbar or whatnot. And um, Will still was the only one who, who's ever completed the challenge and did it on his first attempt. So, yeah, it's well worth looking at that video. Um, but, yeah, doing great things there. Um, where was I? Brest, uh, sixth, Love, seventh, Nantes, Marseille, and Lons make up the top ten with, um, Jess has been saying it for weeks, but Ren, 11th, really not acceptable for a club of that stature right now. Strasbourg, 12th, and Montpellier, 13th, Toulouse, 14th, Florian, 15th with the bottom three. Currently, uh, Mets on 10 points. Clermont, who are slowly but surely getting cut off, uh, went six points, which inevitably means but that Leon... I, I do think we need to remember that there are games in hand here because yes. Montpellier, Clermont will be replayed on 29th. Marseille, Lyon at... December, I believe. Confirmed I think it's, when I think that's happening. Early December, I read somewhere today. I can't remember right. the exact date, but, but yeah. That means that while Mets look to have a decent kind of point spread above the teams below them, if there is that game in hand situation, so it's not as comfortable maybe as it was. Mm. Yeah, it does feel like there's a long way to go in that particular fight. But yeah, certainly... I mean, that's why I felt a little bit like the draw. At least it means that even if Lyon to win their game in hand, they would still be behind Metz. Still be behind, yeah. Lyon won, yeah. yeah. Able to and of course, before that game in December, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge for Lyon. So, you know, God knows how they'll get on with those other fixtures. So, yeah, uh, tough one. Um Right, fixtures at the weekend, and then we'll do a, a quick European uh, look ahead. Uh, Montpellier against Nice is the Friday evening game with Rams against PSG, as we alluded to there, referees and all on the 11th. Uh, so Saturday, Saturday evening game is a little bit, a little bit niche, a little bit hipster. Uh, they are against Monaco. Does anyone know why Brest Strasbourg is postponed on the 12th? 
because I don't. I have to confess. Um, I I think it might be weather related in that that it's water power. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, yes. Um, do you want the official line? Uh, postponed due to poor technical conditions of the stadium. <laughs> Whatever the hell yeah, that means. That means it's underwater. It means it's it's up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. So that game will not go ahead this week. So that's another one to fill in or find a gap. They don't have a roof. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, Claremont against Lorient. That's pretty big. All of a sudden, that's one of the two o'clock games on Sunday. Uh, Lille Toulouse, equally so for both ends of the table. Uh, Mets against Nantes is the other three, uh, 2 p.m. game. And then, as Jez alluded to earlier on, Rennes against Lyon and the Curse of the X, etc. On uh, That's the 4.05 game on Sunday. And we finish it off with Lens against Marseille, um, which under, under the lights might be quite a decent little watch, that one. I, I don't want to jinx it, but the ball out rarely, very rarely lets you down under the lights. So um, we'll see how Lons get on in midweek, um, which is a nice little segue. Um, Phil, you're always in the know when it comes to Europe. So uh, who's doing what this week? We know PSG go to Milan tonight at time of recording, but who else yes. is doing what? Well, um, I'm not sure who Lons are playing, but Thursday, we've got, I did say earlier that Lille don't have European football. I was being a bit snarky about that because they will be playing uh, away at Slovan Bratislava in the Europa Conference thingy. What's it? That's place to go. Um, yeah. Um but Ren are playing Panathinaikos because these are the games are the inverse of us. Yeah, the, the reverse of last week. Yeah, or last. Yeah. yeah. To lose Liverpool, I think, will be interesting to see if Liverpool fans get uh, to lose Metropolitan Police to say, "Oh, we loved them; they were really nice." <laughs> um, and Marseille in Athens, so possibly not. But yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting set of games on that front. Mm. Um, I just want to mention something else before we close, which was um, a week or two ago when Lance played at La Havre, there were about. 20 women in the launch traveling fans who um, went there and we've spoken many times before about how badly traveling fans are treated in France um, so 20 women approximately went there one woman was doing the frisking the frisking was unacceptable that uh, many of those who were in the away end said we didn't have a bag searched but they were propping a feel on breasts, buttocks, crotch <laughs> that's really really bad and this isn't a LFB disciplinary commission issue We've got people making like criminal complaints against what happened to them. 
so just another sign of how badly away fans are treated and also possibly how badly female fans are treated in football. Yeah. The, the reports of this are just horrendous. Yeah. The way they were treated and support for them and they've made complaints and we'll then have to wait to see what happens, but it sounds like I mean, sexual assault. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is, isn't it? If, if it's, if it's yeah. unconsensual, then, you know, there's... Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to work in that environment because, you know, if anybody wants to have you, so to speak, over a barrel, um, it's a very easy way to do it. But, yeah, I mean, surely it's yeah, the security. I've, and then I've been... I've been frisked many times going into stadiums and mm. also in airports and they they do your arms, they do your legs and they go, if, if mm. it's a woman searching you as a woman, uh, they go down between the tits to make sure there's nothing in your bra and they, make, they go down the middle of your back to make sure there's nothing there is no reason to start groping a woman no. who's trying to get into a fucking football match, particularly if, as I said, many of these women did not have their bags searched, which yeah. is the absolute minimum basic. If you're searching someone, you do that first. Should be yeah, the first thing to do, yeah. Really, really uh upsetting situation. And all I can say on a positive side is at least this was a group of women who could talk to each other, support each other, and go, yeah, no, actually that was not cool. And apparently went to the police the next day had to wait too long, had to leave, and so have made their complaints um, online. Yeah. But that this sounds like it was a really nasty situation. And yeah. support to them for bringing this up, because if you don't hear about it, nobody learns and nobody gets better. Yeah. So. No, it's definitely worth pointing out, and um, yeah, as you say, must do better. I think is is the way to um, to end that off. Um, just before we do wrap up, Jez, um, just bringing it back onto the pitch again. I think the only game we did miss out there was that that Lance game. They're away in PSV in Europe in the Champions League this week. Just looking at their fixture and indeed PSG's fixture, I think I'm right in saying PSG can qualify if they beat Milan in Milan tonight at time of recording. I believe I'm right in that. I should probably check that. Um, but Lons can also qualify if results go their way. So obviously if Arsenal beats Sevilla, that puts them out. And I believe if Lons win in uh, PSV, that could put them through. Um, I guess my question to you is the likelihood of either of those scenarios or indeed both happening. Um, I think... Um... PSG, I think, should be confident of getting a good result. I don't 
as I said, I'm not sure they, they're traveling very well at the moment in Europe, but Milan are not going through a good good patch and certainly seem, seem incapable of scoring. And in Europe, I think actually have been a bit unlucky. I think they, they definitely deserve to be Newcastle. Apparently they deserve to be Dortmund as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, unless their luck changes, I think PSG should get something out of this. Um, Dortmund are currently 1-0 up, by the way, on Newcastle, so... Newcastle, Newcastle playing in their uh, national Saudi Arabian colours. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think PSG will automatically qualify. I guess I think Newcastle maybe could still finish ahead of them. Anyway, yeah, I need to get the results first. But yeah, um, yeah, I expect. I'm. I think PSG should definitely qualify from from the group now. Um, I think Lance. I I just think they're very well placed. I mean, PSV mm. is not an easy match. I think are they top. They're certainly doing well in in the Dutch league. And I think yeah. as you said, this this whole um, group. I mean, originally I I said I thought Arsenal would sort of run away with it, but the other three were very evenly matched. Um, but I just I think Lance, especially with that Arsenal result, have placed themselves very well. I think Sevilla are really struggling at the moment as well. So yeah. if I think if Lance can come away with at least a draw, mm. uh, I think that that's hugely positive and and really sets them up for for the rest of the group. Yeah, well, an Arsenal win would take them to nine points with two to play. Uh, a Lens win would take them to eight points with two to play. But that if they, that scenario happened, both Sevilla and PSV would only have two points. So the maximum they could get would be eight. So Lens would only need a point from their final game or final two games to go through. So, yeah, if they can get a positive result in PSV, they set themselves into a nice position. But a win in PSV would would uh, definitely put them in pole position. And PSG, as we say, if we assume Dortmund do win, as they are at the moment, uh, they would go top of the group on seven points. If PSG were to win tonight, they would go to nine points. And that would leave, I think Milan would be done and cooked because they're bottom of the group on two points. But I think you're right, Jez, Newcastle could in theory still catch up if they were to um, beat PSG away and they'd probably have to beat... uh, Milan again as well but yeah all to play for and you do feel like PSG probably should be all right in that group but it'd be lovely to see Lons get through um, from this group as well so we shall see right I think that will do us for this week then Um, as I say it wasn't the stellar week in terms of goals but uh, there's always something to talk about and there's always a story lurking behind the corner as I'm sure there will be this weekend's action as well Um, as I said at the top of the show you may have noticed that the recording day is changing a little bit at the moment Uh, it's that time of year folks Uh, things crop up here and there and everywhere so uh, if you don't see us drop into your feed on a Monday it'll probably be a Tuesday so just keep that in mind Uh, or it'd be a nice surprise if we happen to be on a Monday for you so uh, do tune in for next week and as usual if you have got any questions or any points you want to make uh, feel free to drop us a tweet and we will feature those then uh right thank you very much jez thank you very much phil much appreciate for your time this evening thank you thank you and uh good luck to those french teams in europe this week uh, let's hope that we can have a nice little review of some positive results when we record this time next week until then whoever you do follow enjoy your french football and we'll speak to you very soon